0: hello and welcome to this week's podcast episode of romantic underpinnings do you like my npr
1: voice i do do. hi terry
0: (laughs) hi blanche (laughs) i don't know anything about npr radio (laughs) is it obvious
1: (laughs) i think you were supposed to call me ira
0: hi ira and how are you this evening
1: I'm done with this bit.
0: Okay. Well, that was fast. What was that? It was like 35 seconds.
1: I don't know very much about NPR either.
0: <laughs> at least you listened to it. Anyways, this is Andrew Bleaker, and I'm Ashton Wise. Thank you for joining us on this week's episode of Romantic Underpinnings. Follow us on Instagram at Romantic Underpinnings, and also online. But on Twitter, we are Underpod. And this week is chapter nine. Andrew gets to read the chapter that I've written. He has not read it. I have not proofread it. I did go back over the last week and reread all the chapters and whoa, chapter seven was awful on my part. Holy bananas.
1: Um, by the way, what are we doing in this podcast? Why are there chapters? Why am I here?
0: I don't really know why you're here. That's a bit of a too heavy of a question for me to answer in a podcast. You're going to have to make that decision for yourself.
1: I am here (laughs) to alternate writing chapters of a historical romance novel with you, my intrepid co-host, with me writing from the perspective of the heroine, Agatha Van Horn, or something like that. I forgot her last name. Oh, that's right. And you writing from the perspective of uh, our hero, Anthony...
0: Thatcher, we decided
1: Anthony Captain Thatcher. Captain
0: Anthony Thatcher. Currently, we are miss the fiery waters of the Thames, right? The Channel. No, it's the Channel.
1: English Channel. Well, right? I mean, at the as of the end of the last chapter, we are in the North Sea. They have oh, to sorry. actually North
0: sea is what I mean. go
1: down and hang a right in Lord the English Channel.
0: Geography is not my strong suit.
1: Well, our intrepid hero and heroine and their small crew are on some kind of clandestine mission to France uh, in the late 17th century. Uh, Yes,
0: and Agatha is currently masquerading as a man and pretty much the only person who doesn't know is Anthony because he's just not that um, observational.
1: (laughs) That is a word you can use. (laughs)
0: Um, I'm writing his character, so if anyone's to blame, it's me. What word were you going
1: to use? Well, I mean, the less imaginative among us might say observant in that context. Oh, that's what
0: I meant to
1: say. But, you know, it's up to you. All right. Uh, I will begin reading chapter nine, for it is episode nine. And I have no idea what uh, lies in wait for me or the characters. So.
0: Let's explore language, romance, and resilience. And welcome to Romantic Underpinnings.
1: Anthony felt a calm sweep through him the moment he stepped aboard the ship. But now, after a day of after a day being on the sea, he could acknowledge that the schooner was a bit slipshod, the food almost inedible. The decks were filthy and that there was a storm brewing. However, as he stood at the bow, breathing in the salt spray and letting it sting his eyes, the calm lingered. He was back, back on a deck that rocked him to sleep each night. Wait, they haven't even spent the night, have they?
0: It doesn't. I'm not saying it's rocking him to sleep at the moment.
1: Okay, it will rock, rock it. Yeah. It
0: always rocks him to sleep, regardless of when he sleeps.
1: Yeah, we never tried this deck before. But
0: it it doesn't matter. Any ship will do. It's the sea that's rocking him to sleep. You see what I mean? Like oh, he's on the sea. Ergo.
1: Yeah, you clearly stated that a deck rocked him to. But sleep. But
0: I'm any deck will do though. He's even saying like this one's shitty. It'll work.
1: All right, I got it. Do you? <laughs> We'll discuss in uh, revisions. (laughs) There will be revisions before you can buy this book at your local airport. Okay. Um,
0: Rude, by the way.
1: Well, I'll go to the airport, open the book, and let's see whose version of the sentence wins. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Anyway.
0: Are you just being an ass on purpose?
1: (laughs) No, but I'm standing my ground. Because I have um, strong literary opinions. You you
0: stand that ground on that ship that's sinking. Also,
1: those of you who listened to the last episode know that I just have a, you know, (laughs) delicate sense of literary taste and decorum that guides all of my
0: actions. (laughs) Just the last episode? Or you mean like the previous eight?
1: I I mean, I didn't want to gloat. Uh,
0: (laughs) I guess you only did four, technically. (laughs) The other half are mine.
1: <laughs> you know what else? What decorum? Damn near killed him. Oh. Anyway. Um, Ooh. Okay, I I have to start reading again. We can't we can't <laughs> let we can't let anything else out of my Why mouth be you, my you, words.
0: You made it so far in the chapter. <laughs>
1: hey, all right, I'm, I'm back. Um, just like Anthony's. Back on a deck that rocked him to sleep each night, with men who also felt a call to the sea, perhaps not as much as he did, but they at least understood. Back in open water where he felt untethered from expectations, confusing court politics and social customs, or anything that could challenge him. He was in his element here. He was lord and master. Granted, it was only five men, some wood and rigging, but nonetheless, the relish persisted. Over the past day, the journey had persisted as well as could be expected with his hodgepodge crew, and he was also forced to acknowledge that when Peter had said he could cook, the ween had been outright lying. He pondered this a bit more. The ween? Yeah. W-E-A-N, by the way. My bad. Did I spell it wrong? No, no, you spelled it right. I just wanted our uh, listenership to be able to distinguish between the word you used and like the 80s and 90s stoner rock band. I don't even know Um, if they're around in the 80s, but definitely a 90s stoner rock
0: band. Well, I've never heard of them, so.
1: You didn't have an older sister in the 90s. I was in no
0: danger of making that mistake.
1: What were you doing in college? I feel like everyone in college listens to Ween.
0: What? I was listening to, like, well, mostly Drake.
1: Oh. Everyone in the Evergreen State College between 2001 (laughs) and 2005 listened to Ween, I tell you. Listen,
0: people at Drake University in Iowa during 2009 and 2013 were not listening to Ween.
1: (laughs) (laughs) They should collaborate with Drake. Anyway, um, separate issue. Um, So the Ween had been lying about being able to cook outright lying. He pondered this a bit more. He would have to assign him to other duties and force all the crew to participate in cooking each day to see which one of them could produce the most edible food. At least, he hadn't been completely useless with the stores. Although no king's banquet, they had a good variety of fresh and shelf-stable food and wouldn't go hungry with careful preparation. He dreaded this declaration to the rest of the crew. Oh, sorry. He dreaded taking this declaration to the rest of the crew, as most of them would be none too pleased about the additional duties when they were absentably Peters. Um,
0: ostensibly? What is that word? Did I spell it wrong or right it Ostensibly. Yeah, that's the word I was going for. Is it not that?
1: Uh, you... I think you have all the letters that are in the (laughs) word, but the order leaves something to be desired. That
0: sounds correct.
1: Yeah, Um, sounds about right. Oh, I was going to make a a crack about you ostensibly being a writer, but that would be Ah! (laughs) mean.
0: Who's finished more books than you have, good sir?
1: Uh, You finished literally infinitely more books than I have. No,
0: I mean writing them.
1: Exactly. Oh yeah. No, that's what I mean. I've never finished writing a book.
0: I think I finished four.
1: Lord. Well, I guess I have my. Well, two my, of them
0: are novels and neither one, two are. I
1: have a self-published slim volume of poetry that I managed well, to Well, two of
0: my books technically are poetry. I don't know if that counts.
1: Anyway, find all our books at your local <laughs> bookstore <laughs> slash airport. Doubtful. Um, anyway, uh, he dreaded taking this declaration to the rest of the crew as most of them would be none too pleased about the additional duties when they were ostensibly Peter's. His mind wandered back to the youth. The lad was as green as they come, but he had taken all his duties in stride and without complaint. He had scrambled to the nest and back again with an agility and grace that Anthony envied just a bit, but then he had been unable to carry a keg to the kitchen without the aid of someone to help him. Anthony scratched his day-old scruff and pondered what he was to do about him. He would have to relegate him to lookout and hand him all the odd jobs that he could handle. Something else about the boy niggled at him, but he couldn't quite place it. Oh, I don't think we said, I mean, our, our devoted listenership knows that <laughs> Peter is Anthony's fake name. He, uh, or Agatha. Sorry, Agatha's fake name. It's not Anthony musing about another crew member. I
0: definitely prefaced that at the beginning of this episode. Anyway.
1: Oh, I mean, you said he was that you said that Agatha was a man. You said.
0: I said she was in disguise as Peter.
1: Oh, OK.
0: That's almost exactly what I said. Well, I'm pretty sure. Watch, you go back and edit this and I'm totally lying right now, but we'll see.
1: I'll just cut this part out. <laughs> um, anyway, <laughs> I had one job and I didn't do it, but let's continue going. I'll be relegated to odd jobs and look out for this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be the lookout. You're gonna, well, what else would you do? Aboard a ship, honey. I, well, I hang out in the crow's nest.
0: <laughs> that's what Anthony, that's exactly what Agatha is doing. Yeah. He's good for nothing else.
1: Yeah, okay. He had decided to take him under his wing and mentor him, which was proving a bit difficult, because the Mm boy seemed to be avoiding him, and avoiding him quite well. He had hardly seen him at all, even over the communal dinners. Wait, how many days have there been?
0: Well now there's multiple dinners. Shit, yeah. Well I, I should have said communal meals, actually, because it's like the end of the first the second day or whatever, I think. Okay. Maybe I have my timeline messed up, but like there's been at least three meals. So th- yes. it's been like a day and that he's in, invo- she's, he's avoiding him.
1: Okay. We'll fix it in post. She's mm-hmm. uh,
0: avoiding him regardless.
1: Yes. Yes. It really doesn't. The, it's the, not
0: that big of a ship, is the point.
1: Yes. <laughs> He'd hardly seen him at all, even over the communal dinners. He was always either on deck, eating alone, or already curled up in his hammock, having bolted a meal and clambered into it. Clambered into his meal? Into
0: his meal, yes. All right. Clambered into his hammock. He's exhausted. He's never worked on a ship.
1: That's true. Mm -hmm. Clearly, Peter wasn't as used to life aboard a ship as he had claimed. See? And he was exhausted each day. Oh, my goodness. It's like I wrote it. Cite yourself chapter and verse. Wow the i thought i mean i thought i established a precedent no idea whether this is accurate in terms of either schooners in general or 17th century sailing etiquette in particular that anthony ate his crew, meals in his cabin separate from the rest of the crew. You did? Jesus. I, I mean, Agatha carried everything. him the damn meal in his cabin <sighs> and burned her arm and we had the whole ladder gate about the fact that there's probably not a ladder between <laughs> oh, the shit. cabin. Oh,
0: between the cabin. Good. Because yeah. there's a ladder later in this chapter. But that's to get from the top of the deck to below decks. There's yeah. definitely a ladder
1: there. Well, we'll worry, we'll worry about that <laughs> when it comes. It's in the latter part of the okay, chapter.
0: listen. Oh. You were laughing during oh, my joke no i heard it it was so
1: bad i know but i might have to edit it out why because i don't know if it's gonna sound good all right would you
0: like to make it again
1: we don't have to worry about that it's in the latter part of the chapter
0: (laughs) i think you should leave this whole thing in (laughs) um dear listeners if you're still there um we need to draw a blueprint of a ship <laughs> and cover some basic ground rules so that we know <laughs> how long it's been, what kind of yeah. meals we're talking about. Yeah. We
1: print out a huge blueprint <laughs> of a ship and put it on a wall and then I'll blindfold myself and spin around a whole bunch of times and then walk toward it with a Sharpie and we'll find out oh, where Anthony's yeah. cabin is where, on the ship. Or
0: where he eats dinner because yeah. I just assumed he would eat it with anyway. I, mean, he, I think you have done.
1: And, well, yeah, but, I mean, you're really in charge of Anthony, so I feel like we could actually fix that in my chapter, I and know. then you will have been right all look, along.
0: Look, this is actually how hard it is <laughs> to write a book is actually keeping uh, track of what you said about supper.
1: If this were a TV show or a movie, there'd be someone with a clipboard fixing <laughs> us all as he went along. I
0: know. There'd be no Starbucks cup with Daenerys Targaryen. <laughs> and was it, was it the other one? <laughs> I, I think don't, it was Daenerys that had, or was it John? Whatever.
1: I don't remember who had the Starbucks cup that anyway, slipped into The Game infamous
0: of Starbucks cup.
1: My favorite example of that is I'm pretty sure someone mentions a watch in the play Julius Caesar by oh. Shakespeare. It is very. <laughs> that's um, hilarious. Yeah. Now I forgot the word for. Uh,
0: it's like a chrono.
1: Yeah. Plasty. Uh,
0: Just kidding. That's not it. It's like a chrono. Yeah, something.
1: You've got it. I love the idea of a chronoplasty. That is a a
0: chronoplasm,
1: an amazing cosmetic procedure um, (laughs) on time itself. Anyway, uh, we're not getting through this very fast. so, So I will continue and say he stood a bit longer at the bow, looking out over the vast ocean, and a deep centered calm pervaded him. Anthony was exhausted, anxious, had a to-do list a mile long, but still. He felt at home on this dinky vessel more than anyone else in the world. He rolled his shoulders, stood up a bit straighter, took one last long deep breath, and prepared himself to finish the day. The mealtimes were often supposed to be relaxing, but the men usually used it as a chance to complain and discuss their duties for the day. Anthony had to play judge around bites of nearly inedible food. Thankfully, tonight was Dipper's turn. Oh, so he'd already. Yeah. So yeah. basically a day, 24 hours has passed since the beginning of this chapter. Kind of, yeah.
0: He said, I mean, yes, I should have done a better job explaining it. And then I was like, oh, no, we need Dipper to cook because he has to go talk to him.
1: Well, also, if this were a tv show we could have had like a little like one of those fun time lapses of like right. the sun setting and then the sun rising and then the right. sun setting right. again or
0: him just like standing in the same spot because
1: he yeah oh yeah him standing <laughs> there with the sun and the moon just going around and around okay, this
0: is still better than my chapter seven um infamous guffaw or whatever gaff what is it called
1: it's a gaff gaff guffaw
0: it's also a guffaw
1: we don't talk about chapter seven here <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, Anachronism—that's what it's called. Yeah, you got it. Wow. Okay.
1: All right. Well, now that we now that we figured this out, <laughs> it's it's going to be smooth sailing It's over for everyone, as it were. Oh, yes. my lanta. Uh,
0: Seriously.
1: Dead serious. Um, uh, uh, dead
0: serious. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well that's in the middle east the dead <laughs> sea and we're talking about <clears throat> going from the north sea to the english channel and i don't actually know what the logistics are of like i think technically you can sail right up the seine all the way to paris or you could have at that time i
0: think you can
1: but i i just don't know how clandestine I th- I you're english really gonna
0: channel. be channel i thought that was the whole thing about the
1: channel well oh so but they're, they're like they're going, going to around. paris well, yeah, because when you uh, if you leave London, you, right, you can leave explore. on the left side of England, which right. is the North Sea. The right side of England, sorry. One might say east if one's being super technical. But you're <laughs> on the <laughs>
0: east.
1: The mouth of the towns is on the east. Then you have to go south to the English Channel. Then you have to go west in the English Channel to the mouth of the Seine. Mm-hmm. And then you can theoretically schoon your way right up the Seine to Paris. But they're
0: trying to be sneaky.
1: So that's the thing. Are they going to go overland to Paris? Like, are they just going to park somewhere on the channel? I
0: think they have to. They're trying to sneak into the palace, right?
1: That's true. It's just, like, going to be a lot want of just, They to show up like... with
0: all their English colors and shit. And
1: well, their charter.
0: I mean... They have to dock with their goods
1: they have goods? fake
0: goods. Yeah, oh, remember?
1: Okay. No, I. They haven't. like
0: packed the vessel with official shit in case they get stopped by the customs people.
1: Oh, I just assumed they were like on a smuggling basis anyway.
0: Yeah, they have like he. Remember in the? Oh, he has the royal I, charter. Yeah, and he was like, "What's the lightest thing I can carry that will like still is still worth it and still not get me in trouble?" Blah blah blah.
1: Oh, I don't remember that. Anyway. Okay, so they're in a real <laughs> trading mission then. Well, well in that of. case, why the fuck not go to Paris, assuming that ships can get to Paris? <clears throat>
0: well, I would say they would have to have a cover over somewhere else, because then they want... They don't... It's misdirection. They don't want to... they like, oh, the last known place, this ship was in Paris. Maybe they're still in Paris. You know what I mean?
1: Well, wait. You just said they don't they're want not the going to park the ship at Paris. They're
0: not. That's what I've been saying the whole time. Okay.
1: But... They're just going to like park the ship, to use another technical term, <laughs> somewhere anchor. at some port in the English Channel, and then just like no, they're going to anchor it, it somewhere they're... in
0: France. Yeah, that's... they're going to leave somebody there.
1: Okay, right?
0: Because their official papers have to say something. Yeah, you don't want your official papers to point to Paris when you're doing something dubious in Paris.
1: Okay, so that's they're a all too obvious. Right? Going to sneak to Paris. I
0: think so. Like with the the music, you know.
1: I know, but that's just like days and days of like walking or riding. Well, we sort of need
0: longer than like three days of just Thames travel or whatever.
1: Well, that would be Seine travel after that. Seine
0: travel. You know what I mean.
1: I have no idea how long it takes to sail up the Seine, even if it's it's possible, because it's pretty narrow.
0: No, you can. There was originally, I'm pretty sure, some sort of easy, passable channel between London and Paris.
1: Well, uh, that
0: included the sun and the Thames,
1: yeah. Yeah, I just don't know. Like, I think it might have been much smaller boats or like special barges but or some But The schooner
0: thing is tiny,
1: it's true. It's not a big, it, it yeah, it's
0: schoon print is pretty point. small, yeah. It's schooned print, seriously, yeah. <sighs> Clearly, we haven't worked out these logistics very well. Well,
1: that's all right. I mean, we're sort of doing it one at a time, but I'd like to have some hint for when I write the next chapter. Yeah,
0: my sort of inkling was that their official charter would take them slightly off course so that if they get caught in Paris, it doesn't automatically tie them back to their official charter with their real names and shit on it.
1: I see. Sneaky.
0: Well, that's the whole thing.
1: All right. (laughs) So these, like... Five English people are just going to be...
0: Traders or whatever.
1: Yeah. But, well, they trade. They get to the place. They trade. And then they just set out to Paris. And they're going to be like, je suis touriste.
0: Right. Or whatever.
1: But they're not really tourists. Because they're on an errand.
0: Or are they Dutch, though?
1: No, only Peter's Dutch. Okay. No, everyone else. I mean, it's an English ship... uh,
0: Right, but on, they're trying to do something with the Dutch to give the king the Dutch, whatever. We
1: mm. no, the king just is Dutch. Oh,
0: okay, oh, that's right. That's right.
1: Yes, yeah, right. <clears throat> yeah. No, I, I think I think you might have been confused because chapter one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm pretty <laughs> sure the king, yeah. the Dutch king, was sending people to the Netherlands instead of Paris, and we changed it. Yes. Because they that is correct. ...going to steal the crown of... That anyway. was
0: already his crown. Yes. yes. Okay.
1: So, okay, we anyway. got this. <laughs> we now have a foolproof plan. If we have a time machine, we can go back in time and pull whatever caper this ends up being. We've thought through every eventuality.
0: <laughs> I, th- I think some authors may do a bit, a bit better job outlining, but where's the fun in that?
1: Yeah, I don't care. Um... <laughs> To continue. (laughs) (laughs) Thankfully, tonight was Dipper's turn, and Anthony had a sneaking suspicion that the food would be better than anything they'd had so far. He noted the color of the sky before turning his back. It was a deep indigo that most sailors thought meant a calm night was ahead of them, but Anthony could taste the smallest salty undertaste that meant the winds were changing. He was concerned a storm was headed their way. He made a note to order the men to latch everything down and trim the sails and prepare for the wind headed their way. As he shouted those commands, they gazed back at him in disbelief, but none of them would go so far as to disagree. Not until Peter... Er, what, Captain? He asked, not belligerent, just full of disbelief. If the men had been likely to gasp, one would have been heard at this moment. The rule of the sea was often convoluted and filled with superstition that bordered on devilry. But the main rule, the one that enabled all sailors to continue returning to the sea again and again, although it was rife with danger and most sailors never saw the other side of 40. <laughs> like, the sentence just died before saying what the rule was. Keep going. The, well, yeah. But,
0: I know. I mean, this is I, the rule, I, like... To be fair, I didn't even... Sometimes I will reread them myself, and I did not do that today.
1: <laughs> okay, well, I, I just need... I, I need to find out what this one rule is, otherwise... Keep
0: going, he's going to tell you career is gonna, is.
1: Okay. The others... <laughs> the others gaped. <laughs> I don't know if that has to do with anything.
0: Keep going. Uh,
1: <laughs> Which orifice? Anyway. Hey! they're sailors (laughs)
0: so Uh, their the orifice don't need to gape
1: i mean depends on what your idea of a good time is (laughs) Mm. but the boy looked simply confused anthony would have to tread carefully he really didn't need the crew to turn on either him or peter it was such a small crew that even the smallest splinter could cause a catastrophic rift I assumed that the crew turned on Peter once they found out he'd been fired as the cook. But, oh, um, <laughs>
0: well, they already yeah. don't like him. I mean, and half of them know he's a woman.
1: Yeah, there's that. So
0: there's also that.
1: Uh, Anthony turned to Peter and barked at him. Yes, you scallywag. Never question a captain.
0: That's the rule. I, I don't know why I, I... I The rule is you never talk back to the captain.
1: Well, what Anthony, <laughs> what Anthony should have said to Peter was, uh, young boy, you you scalawag, the rule of the sea is often convoluted and filled with superstition that borders on devilry. But the main rule, the one that enables all sailors to continue returning to the sea again and again, although it was rife with danger and most sailors never saw the other side of 40, was never question a captain. Yeah, I know. See? Listen. That, that goes trippingly off the tongue.
0: Oh, does it?
1: Yes. Um, I didn't have to breathe. I think you did. <laughs> no, I, I, I can, instead of breathing, I can just let my voice go higher and higher. It works oh, perfectly lovely. for everyone. Does it? <laughs> <laughs> um, the boy shrank back, a touch of fear in his eyes, while the others closed their mouths and moved on to the tasks he had asked of them. The only way to address Peter had to be a show of strength. Even though the boy didn't quite deserve the shouting or the harsh tone, I disagree. Fuck that boy. Um,
0: I mean, he will.
1: Uh, true. Later.
0: Uh, he inwardly
1: <laughs> grimaced to himself, as opposed to inwardly grimacing, grimacing to at someone. someone else. Uh, anyway, uh, he would <laughs> have to <laughs> Such inc- an ass. <laughs> He would have to explain later, as the boy likely had no idea what had happened. Curse this green lad and his unreserved manner. To distract everyone, Anthony started a sailing song. As the sailors joined in, he went below to see how Dipper was getting on in the kitchen. He could hear pots and pans clanging around the small space and smell what could only be described as a delightfully I'll say appetizing stew.
0: <laughs> what does it say?
1: Oh, no. It, it again has all the right letters. <laughs> um, he grinned to himself. Anthony had been correct in his guess that Dipper was a better cook than anyone so far. He entered the small space to the view of Dipper's back as he was bent over the table, chopping onions. See, gaping. Uh, Ugh. Storms are coming, he said to Anthony without turning around. A bit taken aback. Anthony dropped his own jaw in imitation of the menophoff.
0: <laughs> Gaping.
1: <laughs> How did you know? How did you? I mean, I thought so, but haven't you been cooking? Anthony managed. The back shrugged, but he didn't answer. Anthony didn't press. Just came to check the food, he said. We'll be done by the time they're finished getting ready, Dipper growled Oh. We'll be done by the time they're finished getting ready, (laughs) Dipper growled. We'll be done by the time they're finished getting ready. Okay, no, no, no. Okay. Seeming not to encourage the conversation, Anthony merely nodded. Well, Dipper's not looking anyway, and took himself off to fill in his captain's log. About half an hour later, and right on time, the men had assembled below decks for supper, having indeed finished all the preparations. Anthony glanced at Peter, who, although having a hearty appetite, seemed a bit quieter and more cowed than usual. Anthony nearly rolled his eyes aloud. These young ones. Dinner having been consumed, Anthony sent their men off to the hammocks, ordering them to try and rest early so that when the storm rolled in, they would all be as well-rested as possible. Walking over to Peter, he asked him quietly to come meet him in his cabin. (laughs) That was my editorializing. That was not written in the text. Um, Peter followed Anthony down the narrow, short hallway with the men looking on knowingly. Oh, I bet they were. <laughs> he asked the youngest crew member to the cabin. Not, two
0: can play at your stupid game. <laughs>
1: Love it. Um, you know why I've asked to speak with you, yes? Anthony asked briskly. Young Peter nodded but didn't speak. You're lucky that the crew didn't throw you overboard immediately with that type of insurrection. The sailors all hold their own superstitions, but following orders is ubiquitous above every, oh, sorry, above every ship you'll ever sail. Now that's me. But following orders is ubiquitous aboard every ship you'll ever sail. If you truly wish to make a go of this, you'll have to keep your objections to any and all orders to yourself. A good sailor never questions the captain finished anthony he waited silently waiting for some sign of life from peter he simply stood staring down at his shoes as if waiting for a blow eventually he murmured a yes sir anthony was about to dismiss him when the ship rocked violently yeah it did (laughs) (laughs) anthony and peter both pitched deeper into the cabin and peter narrowly missed anthony's solar plexus but crashed into the edge of the cot, while Anthony caught his own hip on the edge of his small desk. Both ended up sprawled on the floor, clutching their respective injuries. Anthony glanced over at Peter and was surprised at the look on his face. He had expected some sort of fear or surprise, but all he saw was a steely resolve and determination. As he looked on, he jumped to his feet. Wait, who is looking and who is jumping? I think Anthony was looking. Okay. That this was is all assumption.
0: from his point of view. I tried to throw as many Anthony's and Dippers and Peters in, but sometimes it's annoying. Yeah,
1: yeah. There's a lot of he's. Yeah, yeah. We've got it we gotta um we gotta get uh get uh Agatha out of those trousers yeah, as soon as possible, just for pronouns sake. <laughs> kind um, of. What shall I do? I mean the the good thing is like a lot of like Fan fiction writers lean really hard on, like, just latching onto one personal characteristic if they're having Um, these pronoun difficulties. But being like, the redhead (laughs) fell while the brunette looked on or whatever. And, like, it gets really annoying. Well, I
0: I would have used that if I could remember what literally anyone looked like.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we don't care. I mean, Anthony's, Anthony's very tall and I think has, like, suspiciously good teeth. For well,
0: yeah, because I can't
1: era and the nasty fact that teeth. he's an orphan and stuff. Well, yeah, I mean he's a romance hero. He gets like a he gets like you a. I think his or...
0: hair's auburn. I don't know.
1: I think auburn has happened, um, but
0: it could be hers. I don't. I honestly don't remember what they look.
1: That's <laughs> all right. You're the one who just reread the whole thing.
0: I know. What? Well, the fuck. I should have made notes.
1: Well, what we'll do is we'll sell the movie rights, see who gets <laughs> casted, and then. Just put in descriptions of the actual actors in time for the Mm. book release. Um, That's the only way. Well, I
0: already know it's Jason Momoa and Emma Stone.
1: No arguments.
0: (laughs) If I were to ever make a movie, those are the two, or Emma Emma Watson. Either Emma will work. Wait, not
1: Emma Thompson?
0: No, Emma Watson.
1: No, I just want Emma Thompson. You, she now.
0: can be in there too. I don't care about you. Then I think you'd have to recast Jason. No, about. he
1: did, well, yeah, because he doesn't deserve her. Well, that's she's out absolutely of his true. All right,
0: They have to be like Hugh Laurie or something.
1: All right. <laughs> mm? Did wait? Do you know why that's a funny thing to say? No, you why? probably don't. Hugh Laurie and Emma Thompson totally used to date. <laughs>
0: No, they didn't. Absolutely. The only reason I saw that is because we we're watching Veeth and he's the first like age-ish similar person that jumped to mind. <laughs> no, no. They
1: they were an item like back in the 80s. Oh, my land! I can't believe she ended up with Kenneth Rana, which uh, is just yeah. a huge, huge downstep from Hugh Laurie. I, I had
0: I'm, honestly no idea. I'm
1: 98.8% sure well, about I'm that. Well,
0: I'm sure we'll get mail about it.
1: Um. Yes. And also we will appreciate like uh, any uh, sort of real person fan fiction about Hugh Laurie mm. and Emma Thompson. Um bring it on. <clears throat> sounds great.
0: That sounds fabulous.
1: Um anyway. Um Anthony is sprawled on the floor. Well,
0: they're both sprawled on the floor.
1: Well, no, but Anthony is looking on while Emma Stone jumps to his feet. Right. Um What shall I do, Captain? Peter screamed. Anthony was momentarily taken aback with his fervor, but recovered fairly quickly. Batten down the hatches, trim the sail, he screamed over a wind that was starting to intensify
0: exponentially
1: more than I thought. well you interrupted the own sentence. The Mm -hmm. one time I didn't interrupt in the middle of a sentence. (laughs) The own sentence. He he screamed over a wind that was starting to intensify exponentially quickly. I wonder hey. if sailors get self-conscious when they say batten down the hatches.
0: I don't know, because it's like such a thing. Yeah. Even as I was writing it, I was like, this really is what it is. No, I mean, sometimes... However- <laughs>
1: Sometimes you got to batten down the hatches. All I'm saying is, like, if I, like, uh, you know, if I have to say something really, like, hackneyed in my day-to-day life, like, I have some weird thing where I want to, like, qualify it. And so, like, I hate to be a cliche, but batten down the hatches. I mean,
0: to be fair, I don't think in 1690 or whatever we said that that was a cliche. That's true. Like, this is supposed to be old as hell, which is why I put it in. I was like, well, that's probably what they'd actually say.
1: I mean... I don't try at all to like have dialogue that they'd actually say. But I think it's legit. yeah, my favorite thing was the internal monologue calling the ship Dinky, by the way.
0: <laughs> <laughs> forgot about
1: that. As a word choice. No, word. I, I'm into it. Like, I don't care about, you know, uh, lexicographical verisimilitude or anything oh, here. Oh, God. Are but you sure
0: you don't care about it? Because you sure know what it's called.
1: Think about it. I just don't care about it. Mm. Uh, and also, I'm not sure I use lexicographical right. Mm. Verisimilitude was fine. Um, mm. Anyway, the phrase shiver me timbers almost certainly hadn't been invented yet. So basically, all these people could have like invented like pirate book slash movie cliches and made a fortune right. in 1691 because they wouldn't be cliches yet. Anyway, and one of them should have a parrot, et cetera. I think you
0: should cut this out.
1: Do you know what? <laughs> what? From hell's heart, I stab at thee. With hate's breath, I spit my last. No, wait. With... <laughs>
0: But
1: from Hell's Heart, I that thing Captain Ahab said at the end of Obi Day. Oh anyway, great.
0: Wonderfully done.
1: I'm gonna edit. I'm gonna <laughs> dub Please myself.
0: Please don't. Please don't.
1: Alright. Um <laughs> He followed the boy up to the deck to see all his men hurriedly trimming sails and latching any extraneous materials to the deck. Didn't they already do that?
0: Well, they like did as much as they could, but I think there's more you can do because you want to leave the sail. When there's wind to be used, mm-hmm. but when the wind starts fucking you over, then you really take all the sails down. So, like, I think you can tie stuff off ah. as much as possible, like the other extraneous stuff mm-hmm. that you're not using. But I think when a storm really picks up, you have to take all of the sails down and, like, strap them to the sides and stuff.
1: So that's what trimming sails is? Yeah. They're not using, like, tailor's scissors? No, and-
0: they're not cutting them up. Okay. Really? You didn't know that?
1: I mean, I assumed... They're like rolling
0: them them to the thing and tying them off so they don't catch the wind. Because the wind at the moment is being a fuck.
1: Yeah, it is. Yeah, That I can understand.
0: But they wanted the wind as long as it was fine. You see what I mean?
1: They should have just gotten an outboard motor. They were looking like a well-oiled machine. Everyone but Peter, that is. (laughs) He wants to see Peter well-oiled. Oh.
0: Um, Why? Why? You're so gauche.
1: Yes. Although he didn't look afraid, he looked at a loss. He simply stood, watching everyone dash about. He kept taking steps and then changing his mind, which resulted with him stepping in place. <laughs> Anthony hurried over to Jack and helped the struggling giant tie down the mast. Wait, what's the mast going to do? What's the mainsail? No, the mast is the piece of wood that sticks yeah, you up have from the middle to take it of the boat. I
0: think you can also take that down.
1: You can just, like... Hoist up the mast? And...
0: Yeah, I think, oh. I think so. I think there are a series of, like, wooden pins that you can
1: them disassemble. So you don't wanna... Because
0: you don't want it catching on that, and you also don't want to be a lightning rod thing.
1: Ooh, good point. Because you're in the middle of the ocean or the sea or whatever. Lightning rod hadn't even been invented yet. Well, but it had I... always
0: been invented.
1: Well, no, the shit kept getting hit by lightning, but the actual, like, metal thing to ground the electricity from lightning hadn't been in it.
0: I mean, uh, what's it called, then?
1: Uh, Probably a lightning rod. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just having fun. (laughs) We have fun here. (laughs) Makes
0: one of us.
1: (laughs) I can cut out a lot of this. Uh, I believe
0: it's removable. I'm not a thousand percent sure, but that would make sense to me, so...
1: Well, whoever can, like, just, like, walk up to the mast of a schooner and lift it up well, and Well, he it down. hadn't
0: done it by himself. Like, they had, you know, jointly oh. taken it. He's the one trying to tie it up.
1: I, yeah. So, the mast. They've so, been
0: uh, doing stuff for a little bit because they got right. flung across the, ca- you know what I mean? Yeah, like, They've yeah, been yeah. scurrying around.
1: Okay. So, yeah. Jack and his friends all hoisted the mast right, up Right. And
0: together. he's just the one. Then they ran around trying to do other shit.
1: All right. Yeah, this this uh this like high seas swashbuckling action stuff is is just getting me lost. Um
0: <laughs> There's no, I mean it's a storm. It's not even like they're in an encounter.
1: He shouted at Peter over what was now a wailing wind. The boy couldn't hear him, but must have made some sort of decision as he finally hurried over to help Dipper double secure the cannons they carried. At that exact moment, Anthony was distracted, and the ship listed drastically starboard. The mast they were tying immediately jerked toward them, hitting them both in their shins. Ow. (laughs) Jack managed to remain standing, but Anthony was swept toward the port side and flat on his face. Scrambling to get purchase on the deck, he tried to dig his fingers into the deck of the ship, but it was rising dramatically toward vertical. He kept losing his grip. But fear and adrenaline started seeping into his confident attitude. His breath started coming gasped, (laughs) and he let out an involuntary yell. None of the men had heard. None of the men heard, and continued working tirelessly. Anthony scrabbled for another 15 seconds, and real panic started to creep down his spine. He yelled again. But this time, Peter's hand wound round his wrist, just as Anthony's hand broke with the deck and the ship rolled in the opposite direction, sending Anthony straight into Peter. Luckily, the list wasn't quite as drastic, and the deck managed a relatively level state. The crew continued doing their best, ignoring their surroundings, but Peter and Anthony were entangled on the deck. Anthony's wrist, shin, and hip were all aching as he glanced at Peter. You all right? He shouted over the wind. I, Captain, you? <laughs> Peter shouted back. Anthony could barely hear him over the wind, but they shared a look that seemed to broker an understanding between them. Anthony could see a hint of laughing warmth. Uh, oh, sorry. I didn't realize that laughing was modifying the following word my fault. Uh, Anthony could see a hint of laughing warmth
0: it's laughing warmth
1: that's what you say
0: that's what i did say
1: also what you wrote on the text that i am failing to read
0: yes this time it's not my fault
1: anthony could see a hint of laughing warmth under the surface of peter's eyes and he smiled into them he was about to yell something more but it was just then that the sky opened up And a deluge dumped on them, rending any further conversation useless. Rending. Isn't that right? Oh, rendering conversation useless. Oh, my bad. But, I mean, you could just, or it could just rend further conversation. I mean, that's that's (coughs) perfectly fine. Uh, (laughs) Any, oh, sorry, sorry. Conversation useless. Oh, that's a new name of the podcast. Um, <laughs> conversation, colon, useless. We're talking about you. Uh, uh, fair enough. <laughs> Anthony looked around, noting that there was nothing more to be done for the ship, and yelled at his men to get below decks. They all clambered down the ladder, each sailor more drenched than the last. Anthony had them all gathered, looking each one in the eye, thanking them for their efforts to prepare for the storm. He came to Peter last. And just as he had with the others, he shook his hand with gratitude. But when he touched the lad's hand, a small jolt of electricity burst up Anthony's arm. Mm -hmm. This is is getting fun.
0: (laughs) Good, because we're only 45 minutes in.
1: And I thank ye especially, lad, for what you did up there, said Anthony. The had met his Mm, eyes.
0: The lad. The
1: lad had met the lad. Oh, sorry, sorry. Oh, I blame my recent eye surgery. I thought that L was an H. Ugh. The lad met his eyes and nodded, but didn't say anything. The handshake lingered, but finally, he dropped Peter's hand. Until next time.
0: Dun, dun, dun. When
1: hopefully he will pick up Peter's hand.
0: And maybe more. (laughs) Was that sultry? That. I don't, th- I mean, do I not sound sultry? No, it's
1: funny because, like, <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard you be that sultry, sound that <laughs> Thank sultry you before. so
0: much.
1: In our, you know, two and a half years. <laughs> and now we're recording a podcast and all of a sudden you break out the sultriest tone of voice since Lauren Bacall.
0: Oh, wow. What an honor.
1: I mean, that makes me Humphrey Bogart. So, yes, oh, it God, is an honor.
0: you're just really uh, complimenting yourself.
1: Here's looking at you, kid.
0: (laughs) I don't give a damn.
1: That's Clark Gable. I know.
0: I knew it wasn't the same guy, but I honestly didn't care. (laughs) Is that right? I don't, is that, it's like sugar, I don't give a damn
1: or something. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Yeah,
0: okay. It's not fair. Your uh, memory for quotation is much larger than mine because frankly, I don't give a damn.
1: That's fair. (laughs) But could you teach me how to whistle?
0: Uh, not on the podcast because I don't think anyone would appreciate that.
1: You totally missed my solicitation of a Lauren Bacall reference.
0: Oh, I don't know what it is.
1: I forgot which movie it's from. Wow, this but... is
0: really going over. No,
1: no, it's amazing because <laughs> it's like 1946 or some shit, and she says in her like Lauren Bacalliest possible tone something mm-hmm. like, "What you don't know how to whistle." You just put your lips together and blow.
0: Oh, geez.
1: It's it's amazing. Do you
0: really want me to? I'm not even going to say that. That's a little too
1: much. Okay. Your your Lauren Bacall card has been revoked. (gasps) You're back to Ashton. This has been Chapter 9, Episode 9 of the Romantic Underpinnings Podcast. Catch us again next week, next chapter. And C, what is happening with Agatha and whether I have any idea, um, A, how to survive a storm (laughs) on a schooner, B, where the...
0: My vote is no on that one, dear people.
1: Where the mast is, C, (laughs) how to put the mast back up and then put sails on it, and D, where to park your boat... In order to trade with France and then go to Paris from somewhere else. You park
0: a boat.
1: Thank you for listening. (laughs) Those of you who made it to the end of this episode will get $5 off in our online store. Please buy our merch. We're poor.
0: (laughs) Use this code, Morage, for your $5 coupon. Send us an email if you need it from us.
1: And now I will actually press the button thing. Thank you for listening. This has been NPR. Adios, Blanche.